0: It's time for Getting Down to Business with Mark Mondo. This new show discusses trends, technology, and tactics to help the listener learn more about improving sales, saving money, and fulfilling a personal mission through entrepreneurship.
1: To getting down to business with Mark Mondo on WVLP 103.1 FM. I'm your host, Mark Mondo. We're on the air in Valparaiso, Indiana, and you can listen to us streaming on the website at WVLP.org or use the TuneIn app on your mobile device and look for WVLP. 103.1 FM WVLP is a local nonprofit radio station based in Valparaiso, Indiana. This show, like many of the shows on WVLP, are made possible by the generosity of donors and underwriters. We accept donations at WVLP.org. Simply click on the support tab and make a one-time donation or sustained pledge to WVLP. All donations are tax deductible. Underwriters are made up of businesses and organizations that support the shows on WVLP. Getting Down to Business with Mark Mondo would like to thank... Homes by Hortensia, a Coldwell Banker affiliate in Porter County, Indiana, for their support. Homes by Hortensia has served the region's residential real estate needs in Indiana for over 12 years. Contact Hortensia Moreno or Tiffany Zarao at 219-249-5118 or visit homesbyhortensia.com. Homes by Hortensia, habla espanol. Thanks for being here this afternoon. Today, we're going to explore owning a franchise as a path to prosperity. I have zero experience in owning one, but I know someone who does, and she's going to share her experiences with us. She hails from Buffalo Grove, Illinois. I see her three days a week, and she tells me to hit things, kick things, and do more sit-ups. Let's welcome Marine Tui, AKA Mighty Moe, to the show. She owns a nine round, kickboxing franchise in Wheeling, Illinois, right on the border of Lake and Cook County in Illinois. Welcome to the show, Maureen.
2: Thank you. We're glad to have you. And to
1: my other side is my co-host, the producer, the star soprano, and my wife. Please welcome Mrs. Cynthia Zimmerman.
0: I'm glad to be back for another show and to get to know Maureen more.
1: All right. Well, let's get to it. I'm going to recite some stats about franchises. I found these numbers a couple weeks ago, but I'll reiterate them for those who haven't heard them yet. In 2022, there were 792,000 franchise establishments in the United States. From those franchise establishments, the economic output to the country is $827 billion employing 8.5 million people. So I think it works. But here's what I know about owning and operating a franchise. I need a really big net worth to get started. And I don't have 100% control of what I can do. Oh, and also a fun fact here. A business coach told me to make my business, my CRM consultancy, a franchise model. I didn't believe him in 2000. And my colleague in Australia did this unbeknownst to me. He didn't listen to the same coach, but he did this anyway. So the Aussie wound up making way more money than I did with the same CRM software that I represented. So with that lesson in mind, I better put my limited knowledge to the side and bring in someone who knows this realm better than I do. Now we'll turn it over to Cynthia. She's going to start asking Maureen a lot of good questions, and it will help people learn more about the franchise model, what works and what doesn't.
0: Thank you, husband. Uh, So I'm really excited to hear about this because I really don't know what franchises are and what it takes to have one. So Maureen, my first question for you again is, uh, so what is the business you started that makes my man do push-ups and kick things?
2: (laughs) It's Nine Round Kickboxing in Willing, Illinois. It's a circuit training kickboxing facility. We do full body training and we have people kick and punch things and do lots of burpees. And it's a lot of fun to keep people getting in shape. Where did you start your career? I used to be a personal trainer and it was very unpredictable with people that I would work with. Whether they needed me or didn't need me, or if they knew my name and referrals and and trying to promote myself. So I got into a completely different line of work until a friend of mine mentioned Nine Round and I tried it out and just fell in love with it.
0: And why Nine Rounds instead of some other like gym franchise, like LA Fitness?
2: Well, the investment is relatively low, which was good for me. I could qualify for a small business loan to get it started, LA Fitness. There's no way that I would have been able to go that way. But it's also it's small. It's fifteen hundred square feet and I have my eye on everybody in there, so no one can get away with anything. They've got <laughs> And I tried. And he has. He has tried hiding behind the bags.
0: <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it that just being a trainer, you know, being the Mighty Mo trainer without a franchise, wasn't working, and now you're in a franchise that does seem to be working. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is the best part about getting started?
2: Uh, It was nice to work with a group of people that would coach me along the way. They've made a bunch of mistakes and I didn't have to because they had a blueprint for me.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: I wish I had that in 1997, (laughs) (laughs) but what happened to me to inject, and I want to bring that as a contrast between a franchise model and a guy who, like me, who was trained to be self-sufficient from the beginning mm-hmm. and not ask for help and not share a vulnerability. So I wound up learning on my own. Yeah, that's great. And I keep, kept all the profits, but I may have lost a couple of years in intellectual capital and I could have made the business a little more prosperous, a little more quickly. So I wanted to just bring that in as a contrast.
2: Yes. Uh, it's also nice, 9 Round has a name that everybody knows. So when they're looking up 9 Round, they find 9 Round Wheeling if they're in the area. I've got a lot of people that used to train at other 9 Round locations throughout the states and or you even, you were in a different 9 Round before you came to me.
1: That is correct. 9 Round had
2: a reputation.
0: Well, I know that he likes working out there. It's his favorite place to go. That's he nice. doesn't get bored. <laughs> <laughs> And did you build a team to support you? So how did you do that and why?
2: I have, six trainers right now. Technically you could really run the business with three to five part-timers. A a good amount of hours for part-timers, almost 30 hours. But mine are, I I love trainers that were members first and They're family people, so they've got little kids and they've got things going on with their lives. So I'm very flexible as far as how many hours people can work. I asked for two shifts, so I needed about six people. I could always use more, but it's all about finding the right people.
0: And how do you keep them? (laughs) I mean, it's hard to keep employees these days. And what do you do to motivate them to stay?
2: It's hard to find them and it's hard to keep them. Well... With one of them, for instance, Jesse, he's a college student. He was a member with me for two years prior. He left for about a year to do traditional boxing. He missed nine round and came back and I asked him to be a trainer. So he was a trainer with me for about six months, went off to college. And whenever he's home on a break, I'm like, hey, you wanna earn some extra money, do something that you love. He comes on in and he trains for me. So he might be there one day on the weekend or he might be there two days during the week, during the summer. and It's nice to have him there. And then the other people that work for me know that family's first, if you've got something going on with your kids, you've got something that you need to do. That's family oriented. Even if it comes up the last minute that comes first, I had some bad experience working for other people that when my family was in trouble, it was looked down on for me to go take care of them. Mm -hmm. And with this being my own business, I can make sure that the priorities that I believe in my, my trainers get to get.
0: Well, I now I know why they stay. <laughs> you know, you yeah, because uh... Shelby's been
1: around since I worked with you, and in the other franchise in Woodridge, there was a couple uh, people that really, I was there for about two years, and they were there the whole time. There wasn't a lot of ter- employee turnover, yeah. and that could be a whole nother episode about employee turnover. Yes, uh, how hard yes. it is to either keep people, hire people, retain people, but we are oh, yeah. not going down that tangent.
0: <laughs> no, we're not at this show. Not now. <laughs> No, I appreciate it because I see the flexibility that you give your employees and that you value the work life balance.
2: Yes, that's very important. That's part of the reason why I got into a franchise to begin with. I worked for a different franchise, I was second command of five locations, and I never saw my kids when they were little. Hmm. Now they want to come in, they're there. They're a little bit older now, but it's nice to know that I have more control.
0: That's wonderful. So, segueing then, what's Mm -hmm. the worst part about starting up a franchise?
2: I'd say the worst part is, that one's kind of a a tough one. I'm pretty happy with most of the things that they've done. I think we have to change with the times, and I'm not exactly very technical. (laughs) So, (laughs) I like to hit things and yell at people. So, when there are new things that are cutting edge, whether it be, I talked about, adding screens to each of the workouts so you can see what's going on at the workouts. Uh, as much as I love the idea, especially with the pandemic and everything else, it took quite a while to get to break even. Mm-hmm. And these new advances would really make my place amazing, but it's more money every month.
1: But that would mm-hmm. be, so let's say, so at each of the nine stations, you have a, little, a whiteboard, and you just the marker draw on what you want and what nine round wanted to do was make you buy or recommend you buy nine video displays correct and do all the wiring and put the all the it in there to have the same result yeah from a technical standpoint and a sci-fi looking standpoint I'm sure it's great but that's more money out of your pocket but not necessarily an expense on the franchise
2: Yes. Um, and it, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. You can go to the Schomburg location. It just opened and they have them and they really are beautiful. It is nice that Nine Round has daily workouts that they come out with that everyone everywhere has to do. Um, so you have a friend in Colorado that's going to Nine Round, they're doing the same workout as your people are doing. Um, what I find with being hit very frequently and demonstrating a lot is that Sometimes I need to change the exercises, they might have something that if I demonstrate it 60 times during that day, I won't be able to walk the next day. Mm So I'll reserve maybe a less intense variation of that same workout and say it's they're doing frog jumps or something like that, that are very kind of acrobatic. And yes, they are. Oh, yes, you're familiar with them. I'll give people squat jumps and then the ones that I know that are capable and want that extra oomph, because I do have a lot of people that have a lot of different modifications that I need to do for knees and ankles and such. Those are the people that will demonstrate that particular exercise for to intensify for them. And if it's just up on the screens, then, I mean, people are visual and they like the screens, but they like it in person too. And I just wouldn't be able to demonstrate as often. Yeah.
0: Well, I do like it. I went one time. And I loved and it. Fantastic. And she was. She was very uh, conscientious about my issues. And I still had a really great workout. And I was just impressed by everybody else in there. We were so intense in the workout and really seemed to enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And the other startup it. challenges. I bet uh, you can disclose the the fees if you'd like. But a little I know is you need a lot of capital to start up because the franchise wants to know you're in it's not like oh we'll pay you on the back end all commission right and was that a hard time raising the capital for that
2: it was it was Um, well at the time i was married so i took out another mortgage on my house Um, so that's significant
1: that's a significant investment sure
2: that was definitely an investment and it was very scary because i was opening a business and going through that personal stuff all at the same time but it all seemed to work out i mean that and then you know to barely be open a year and a half before the pandemic hit oh my goodness talk about a challenge Mm -hmm. (laughs) but fortunately there were government loans that helped us through and you know actually the franchise was great with starting nine round now which is a at-home video that you can do and they really hopped to it to try to support us and I mean, people can complain a lot about the home office, but the bottom line is they want to make money too. Uh, coaches mm-hmm. are fantastic. You have an issue, you call them up. They try to work through whatever they can with you. Uh, they make a lot of suggestions, and we do have a lot of control
0: that I know a lot of franchises don't have.
1: Well, let's talk about that, or, Cynthia. Maybe if I was Yeah, no, I'd to... be
0: more interested in what what you control and what you don't
1: control, and maybe dovetail it with how you dealt with COVID. Mm -hmm. And how will the lessons learned there help other people that are possibly interested into a franchise? Financing is hard, but there's more to it than writing a check. So I'd love to hear your story about how you dealt with COVID or how you're going to deal with a situation that really is unplanned. How did you get through that? Uh, We'd love to hear that story.
2: Now there's a lot of learning on the go with that one. <laughs> so, I mean, when you hear the governor say, oh, you've got to close down for two and a half months and you haven't been open very long. I remember the news. I remember who was in the gym with me and I just broke down in tears. I'm like, I haven't hit break even yet. How am I going to support my kid? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of unknowns for everyone. I mean, you guys were there. It, there were a lot of unknowns and you just had to see where the other nine round owners were, were, how the home office was going to handle it. Uh, they were getting bombarded, of course, with tons of questions with how we're going to stay open. And not all states closed down. Florida stayed open. Sometimes I think they didn't even wear masks in a lot of their studios. But even when we did open, we had masks. We only had like four or five people that could come in at a time. It had to be scheduled. And normally We had the
1: check-in. I remember using the check-in system. Yeah,
2: we had the check-ins. So everyone would start at the same time and they'd end at the same time. There were no more floor exercises. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, I had a good amount of members, thank goodness, that that stayed with me through the pandemic. They knew I still needed to pay my rent, whether I was closed or not, no matter how things were. And they stuck around. But I did lose a, a good amount of people. And it was a struggle to, to stay alive. And you do what you have to do. I took out the loans. I got a night time job an uh, overnight job at the local grocery store so that i could be home during the day for my kid who was home for school uh, and you just you know you just plug along i text my members that were at home hey did you do a workout today we're gonna do a zoom workout at nine round at three o'clock to just try to keep everybody engaged so that the people who were kind of teetering on the edge of i don't know if i want to do this anymore uh, would stick around
1: i was lucky during covid professionally speaking. I- being a CRM provider an IT provider we were already in our bunkers so it was a matter of helping clients adapt to remote work or we got work helping people set up remote work so I professionally I didn't get hit as hard or it wasn't as disruptive, but I got a little stir crazy. I think would been in the only side effects. I remember you putting out the Zoom workout by Zoom, so I had this camera off to the side, mm-hmm. so I'd stayed accountable to someone. Mm-hmm. I think people still need a gym because I had a cement slab in my apartment,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it it did not have fun with my hips.
2: Oh no, yeah. not at all. That was really uncomfortable. We're, for a working
1: time. on a, working out on a slab. On a Mm -hmm. carpet slab. So it wasn't made for that, but I heard you, you talk about that other support system. I think you need to do a shout out for your landlord.
2: Oh, my landlord was absolutely amazing. He, and I know a lot of landlords weren't, I called him up and let him know that I couldn't always make the rent. I couldn't make all of it. So he let me pay in installments when I did have it. And he said that he would work with me because there were other businesses that were really well-known businesses that are nationwide by these big corporations who are like, oh, I'm not gonna pay rent because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And he's like, what do you mean you're not gonna pay rent? Uh, but he worked with me because anytime I had the money that I could pay towards my rent, he got it. Uh, he was really amazing.
1: You need a support system. I, I, that's kind of my lesson I'm learning here whether you have a franchise or not, or if you're, as you go into the entrepreneurial world, you need a support team. The, the journey, and I'll probably say this in a couple more times during the hour, you're not Horatio Alger making this quest by yourself and you're just going to get through all of it yourself. You're going to need help. And for me, if I had to educate Mark 20 years ago, I'd say, get some help, it's okay. But it sounds like you've got... You were able to cultivate those relationships w- no. for your vendors, especially, you know, that and the landlords did not get the support because they were still on the hook for the loans, right? They weren't getting a bailout. And mm-hmm. actually it was kind of the reverse because they were protecting the residential uh, homeowners from getting kicked out due to COVID. So we're not going to get into the politics of whether they deserve it or not, but they were, at the end of the day, they were not getting any kind of help as I understand it.
0: Right. So, besides your landlord, which was fabulous to hear, uh, you would get that kind of support from him. You obviously had other people supporting you emotionally and other ways during this time. Who would that be?
2: Well, the members were really fantastic. I mean, I had to go to a church to be able to make sure I didn't lose the place I was renting that I lived in. Mm. Um, They gave me money for two months' rent. I've never had to go to anyone for anything like that. I had another member who knew that I really didn't want to go have to go to a, a food bank and she brought me food she said hey I'm volunteering there they have these left over take these you know so that I didn't really have to worry about making sure that I could feed my daughter you know and had a place to live and I could focus on nine round because I had these people who were looking out for me so I was really very fortunate with all of that. Uh, yeah, we have the best members in the world. <laughs>
1: Well, that's definitely emotional support. That's a really interesting... I'm glad you brought that up because I forget about that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to own a business, yeah, you need all those vendors to support you, your landlord and all that, but boy, it's an emotional roller coaster. And over the years, I'll bring my experience and Maureen will share hers as you have, you're going to need that support system. In the CRM world, we have a village of about about a hundred consultants left and we support each other actually all over the United States and uh, even in, in the EU as well. And we used to get together once a year, but because of COVID, it's all virtual now. Uh, but at the end of the day, you should really find that emotional support drive. Put that on your checklist. If you're thinking about owning a franchise.
0: Absolutely. It takes a village literally and all things.
2: <laughs> well, and also even when I first got started, I was a member over at the Northbrook nine round and abby who is the owner there was absolutely fantastic with any time oh and her manager louisa anytime they heard i needed something or had a question they were just right there answering and saying okay well this is what we're going through and this is what you know this is how we can help you and recently the schomburg location they needed help training their people so they sent them over to my club which is nice because you know you have that paying it forward and everyone you know it takes a village
1: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm
0: Did you say you got federal loans as well during that time?
2: I did. I got the PPP
0: and the IEDL, and
2: those were substantial in keeping me alive. If it weren't for the government, who at times I have plenty to say about, but if it weren't for them, I wouldn't (laughs) do business, you know, so that was huge.
1: Wow. Well, it's good to hear, hey, this actually worked, kept trade going and it kept people employed and it kept money circulating among us while we had to dig in and wait it out Mm -hmm. while the science had to make its progress.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Well, Mark, do you want me to or you to segue to the next question? I'll go with it. And I think we're talking about employee management there? Yes, I am. All right. All right, Maureen, how do you do it? Employee management, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I've only worked with contractors that had, and I have one salesperson in the UK, and they had other jobs to balance out keeping them fed, so to speak. They didn't rely on me 100% to make a living. Right. The good news is I've had these contractors in my group for quite a while. But how did you do it? I think I have a very unique situation, but I think as a franchisor or franchisee, how have you kept, especially in your business where people can come and go really on demand? It's like, hey, it's a it's a physical training job. I can go do something else. I mean, wages can be competitive. You know, I can maybe get a couple bucks more if I went to LA Fitness. Uh, how have you kept Shelby and Jill for so long?
2: Your luck, I think. No, um, they. <laughs> They're amazing people and they love nine round. And as I mentioned earlier, family is very important. So they both have family obligations and they know that I'll back them up if they need that. Um, They've been with me since I started and they're just, we've all clicked, you know, they're family. So they stick around and then you have other people that kind of come and go. I mean, the team I have right now is phenomenal. And I think part of it is that they love nine round A uh, and B. It's fun for them to teach other people. And because they love to do it and they love to show people, it, it feeds them something else that they might not get from their regular lives. I mean, some people are empty nesters and they're like, you know, I've been sitting at home for such a long time. My kids are gone. What am I going to do? And I'm like, well, why don't you be a trainer? Well, I, what do you mean? I could be a trainer? And I'm like, of course you could be a trainer. You've been with me for so long. You can do this. I think sometimes it's that empowerment that some of the moms have who see themselves just as moms and don't realize that they can do something else. So I think that's part of building. I mean, I have had people, I had a not so great experience with a dad that was a stay-at-home dad, and he applied for a job Mm -hmm. and was supposed to be great with outside sales and everything else. And I wasn't sure with his experience that he had, if I could afford him. And I'm like, you know, I can't afford you. And he's like, you know, let me just come in, get to know me. I'm staying home with my kids and I just need something else. And he said, just like one of the moms I've got. So I'm like, come on in. And he worked out for two weeks and I started to trust who he was. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's give you this job. And his first day, he decided not to show up. (laughs) and I didn't hear from him for two days. Things like that can be really tough.
0: I can't believe that two days nothing
2: nothing Uh, and then i you know he had family stuff that did happen i'll give him that but i was brought up you you call you shoot a text Uh, especially for two weeks he came in and he worked out at my place he saw how i am with other people he saw how i am with my trainers and where my values are and had he said that his family needed him there's no reason why we couldn't postpone things or change things or do whatever he needed But it would be really hard to have him back when things are resolved because I need to know that if I'm not there, my place is going to be open.
0: You have to have that trust factor.
1: And not only that, it's not like we don't have means of communicating anymore. This isn't the, uh, you know, the 15th century where you can only do it by horseback and messenger or something like that. You only have about 100 ways to communicate now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's something just as quick as, hey, there's an emergency. And I'll assume that that's a big emergency. It's been texted to me. It's good. How long does that take? You know, rather than worrying if he's in a ditch somewhere. Now I sound like my mother.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I take it that that probably pushed you back on trusting and hiring other people or working with other people.
2: It does. It takes a lot for me to hire people because. Well, A, I, I'm a very big control freak. Um, so
1: I want. <laughs> what? To,
2: yeah, I know. We you. both are. Yay. Oh, see, so there you go. I know Mark never noticed that about me at all. Um,
1: <laughs> but I need
2: to know that I can leave my place and my people won't be ignored. They need their attention. You don't just because a person can read the boards and have been with me for three years doesn't mean that you don't go and try to intensify or improve their form. You need to be, that's uh, the word I'm looking for engaged. You need to keep everyone engaged. Um, So in the past, I think once I hired, I had surgery on my knee and I hired someone who I had doubts about, he was a nice kid, but you know, I shouldn't have hired him. He just wasn't as much as he was there. He was kind of dialing it in and I don't think people got what they needed. um, There was only so much that I could yell at people while I was hopping around on my crutches. So.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Somehow I think you'd manage that.
2: I I did. You know, it was an extra thing to throw at them if they didn't behave. So, you
1: know, I remember one of your colleagues, Jill had a boot.
2: Oh yeah. Jill's had a couple of things. She had wrist surgery. uh, So she can't do pad work anymore. And then we've got, she, she was in there in a boot. She had a little wheelie thing that I got her a little bell for. So she could
1: Oh yeah. It, the, the, yeah. She was calling. For people with <laughs> knee surgery. Yeah. So you'll see them, they like call them E-knee. But my, another client of mine sold those for a while to, to a physical therapist. So yeah, I was like renting an E-scooter. It, was, it wasn't like electrical powered, but it was like a one knee scooter. Yeah. And she'd run around and tell you what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's dedication.
2: Yes, absolutely. They all do what they need to do. And like I said with Joe and, you know, keeping trainers and stuff, she's an amazing person. She can't do pad work anymore, which is integral to what we do, uh, but she adds a tremendous value to the company. People know her, they love her. She doesn't let people get away with anything. Uh, she can torture people just like the rest of us. Uh, we know better. I mean, challenge, of course. Uh, <laughs> and so it just, it just means we have a pivot, have to pivot for the good people.
0: Before we get into the next segment, we wanted to let you know you're listening to Getting Down to Business with Mark Mondo on WVLP 103.1 FM, a community radio station out of Valparaiso, Indiana. Thanks for listening, and let's continue. Well, that brings me to something I heard you discussing with Mark about getting ghosted.
2: With trainers who try to apply and such, it's... Not unusual. Well, for both trainers and and first-time members to to not show up sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. You haven't talked about those. No,
2: you know, it's really hard when you only have a few slots um, of first-time workouts available and you have people that, you know, they they book the slot and they don't let you know that they need to reschedule or anything. And I call, I confirm, I chase people down to make sure they're going to be around so I can give them a great workout and be there specifically for them. And it can be hard, you know, when they don't show up. You know, things do come up, uh, sometimes you reschedule people two or three times and the same thing happens, and that's, that's part of the business. Um, and on the other hand, you've got your uh, applicants that, you know, maybe they apply, they love the job, they pass the strength tests and everything, and they don't show up their first day at work. So I think it's unfortunately the sign of the times, because a lot of people I've uh, spoken to, no matter what the fields, it seems a lot of people apply and then just don't show up or they accept the position and then don't show up. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's going on in the world that everyone uh, seems to be going that way. But fortunately, the ones that do show up, they're worth the wait for the most part.
1: It's almost like a reverse sales funnel, like a recruitment funnel. You know, we have, mm-hmm. In sales, you have a funnel, like your suspects, your leads, mm-hmm. your pipeline, you know, how are they getting through there to become a sale to a new member. But it almost seems to segue in recruiting as well. Is that indicative of the entire United States economy? May or may not be. But I had a similar conversation at a another chamber of commerce in Lake County. Uh, we had an event, and it got a little. You can I say it. I'm trying to find the right words. I'm trying to heated. find the best words. Heated. Heated. Yes, it got heated because the it was almost generational where. <laughs> It was Gen X and up, to keep it simple. And they were all badgering on Gen Z and millennials and so forth. And I just had to sit there in the back going, well, are Gen Z and millennials rebelling against something? Rebelling against something? I didn't understand it either. But boy, that's a, I think that's going to be a whole other show and a whole other topic. But I found it interesting. You ran into the same thing as well as these people at the Lake County event. I wanted to segue into sales. I think, how are you selling membership? I mean, you've got the franchise, you've got this great support system, you've got the village to help you, whether it's a great landlord, you've got your colleagues at other clubs that will help you with other things. But at the end of the day, it's you to sell. You either sell the product or you make the product. So it's your job to sell. So how are you doing that? How are you positioning nine round? Or how would you position your? Product versus hey, you're selling Maureen the trainer. How are you getting there? How would you help somebody become a better salesperson?
2: Right. Um, To an extent, I am selling Maureen the trainer because sometimes when they say they want to check out other places, I'm like, you can. And I'm not a hard salesperson, but I don't know anybody else. I know me and I know what you want to do with your fitness level, and I'm not going to let you slack. So that's what you're going to get here. You're going to get me. And You know, that's, if you believe in what you do, um, people understand that you're not trying to take them for a ride and, you know, the sale is easy. And I hate thinking of it as sales because people are coming in and they have to find their fitness personality and nine rounds either going to be for them or it's not. And it's my job to see at their fitness level, what they feel comfortable with and let them know that all they have to do is communicate whether they need more intensity or don't need more intensity or don't be a hero. If you're feeling your knee, let me know. Cause we can work around that. And I think when people that come in and we do get a tremendous amount of referrals, I'm very thankful to my members that refer people in. But when you get people in that understand and see how much we truly care and that they're not just, we're not a big box gym where we're looking for $15 a month, come on in. We're hoping that you're not going to show up. We're looking for people who are committed that we can help make change.
1: Do you uh, see it as there's this, uh, I so, oh, apologize if I over. that's no, okay. A system plus personality, you, you need both. Yes. Is that a fair statement? I-
2: yeah, I think it's a very fair statement. People book an appointment online, and then I see who's booked or who's looked into the club, I text them, Hey, have you exercised before? I learn a little bit about them. So they're not just coming in for their first appointment without me knowing anything. And they get to know me a little bit as well through the text. Um, the day before their appointment, I confirm it. If I don't hear back from them, I call them. Then um, they come in for their first time workout. I explain to them, you know, what we do, how we're going to communicate with them and what we need for them to be successful. And then if they choose that first day not to sign up, I still follow up with them the next day. Hey, how are you feeling? And with that, I never ask if they didn't sign, Hey, are you ready to sign now? It's, you know, what's going on with your body? Was it the intensity good? Is your body screaming at you? Does it hurt when you go up and down the stairs? Um, you follow through with them and you listen to what they have. Some people, nine round is for them. They're just not ready yet. So I'll check in with them for a week, a month later. And um, we see how it goes and most of the time even with people who have left my place a lot of them come back you just have to make sure that you're open to that and people understand that you're in it for them
1: well, so so you're saying it's about them not about you
2: <sighs> i guess it's not about me this time yes <laughs> well, for,
1: well let's think about that you know if you're coming in from a transactional standpoint i think i believe clients and customers are smarter than that now, mm-hmm. and they have choices. And there's a lot of choices, especially your business is so different than my. Uh, there are differences. You're, you deal with business to consumer versus business to business. It's you're, At your level, you have so many options to work out. Especially the option is, I don't wanna work out. Right. So mm-hmm. you have, it sounds like you have to really push that personalization and be selfless to, to make things happen. You don't, you don't have a monopoly by any means.
2: No, not at all. But there are, I mean, a lot of the reason why people stay is the community too. They might not be interested in working out, but they like the workout and they love the people that they come and see when they come at a certain time of day. And you just see those relationships develop. I have uh, one member who I absolutely love. He comes in, he sits down for like 20 minutes before he even starts exercising. You know, and everyone comes in, they know him, they all chat for a little while. and then he gets around to his workout and then he's done and he sits around for another 20 minutes and we all chat and more people come in they're like oh hey you're working out again today and it's it's that community i think a lot of times that people are looking for and i i also think that you know post pandemic people are looking for not only the community, but a small place that they can trust that keeps things clean and really wants to make sure they're getting what they need and want to keep them safe as well. I mean, people constantly, I'm sure you have seen us wiping down everything right when someone gets done with it and, I don't know, just making sure people stay healthy. I've, I'm so pleased with so many people that even if they have a cough, they text me, hey, Mo, don't nag me. I'm just not coming in today because I'm not feeling quite up to it. Oh, uh, I don't want to make anyone sick. Um, and it's a community that cares about each other.
1: That's really interesting. I like to hear that because I'm not as community oriented. So I talk to you and Shelby and I bolt right out, you know, I'm a little more quiet, but it's cool to hear that it's something different. And it may be uh, post pandemic community has been redefined as that, this about, maybe sound like a generational whining statement but I'll say it anyway. Maybe people are tired of looking at their phones, and they're looking for that new sense of community. Perhaps, yeah. I'll, I'll throw that question out to everybody here.
0: I think it's that, and I think it's also that they like, they see, the corporate environment, and then they see the smaller business or entrepreneurial business environment, and what you have done, Maureen, is not only have you dedicated to yourself to this franchise, and you believe in it and you're there 100% and so are your employees, but you know, y- your customers can feel that. And I think people now are looking for that smaller, more committed, more sincere community to communicate with, to interact with.
2: Right, right, and to your point, Mark, I have a lot of people that get down to business when they're in there just like you, they zone into what exactly they need to do and focus. But you get welcomed and you don't need to be chatty. So it's good. You know, I I know there are certain people that walk in and I can tell what type of day they had at work and I know what they need. They either need me to crack a joke so they can lighten up or they need me to stay away from them. And I'll sign to you the trainers. I'm like, "Mm, not today, leave this one alone because all they really wanna do is hit the bag. Mm -hmm. You know? um,
1: You have a nice outlet for that, by the way.
2: We do have a nice outlet for that. (laughs) Lots of things to hit.
0: Well, why don't we go on to marketing? because i know that's one of your favorite things to do
2: (laughs) if you want to be successful in a franchise you really should do grassroots marketing i know i could be a lot more successful if i hit outside and handed out flyers and built more relationships with the businesses around me Um, it takes time and effort and a lot more relationship building Um, that's a roadblock for me i'm great when people come into my place my place is my home Oh,
1: inbound marketing is so much easier in inbound uh, marketing versus outgoing. And that is across the board. mm -hmm. Agreed. We do,
2: well, 9Round takes care of a lot of overall marketing digitally for us. And then we purchase separate marketing if we want to add on to that. So The digital is good. A lot of times with the social media, we try to make sure that we're making everything very organic. I think that brings a lot of people in as well, because they see you know, the not the atypical person is well, no, it's actually the normal person. But the people that they don't think would be kickboxing, you know, I've got clients that are 82 years old. So sometimes you might see them up there and they won the challenge of the week. You know, or you no. have someone who hasn't exercised in a long time. And we're not all like stick figure, muscular people. (laughs) We're real people. And I think the Facebook page that Shelby is so amazing at maintaining shows the variety of people. And I think that helps with our marketing quite a bit as well. Uh, We've tried putting out lead boxes and those are boxes you put at different locations and you have to maintain them. People put like their business card in they try to win a free month.
1: Uh, So would you go to a like another diner or something like that. So after they've had their bacon and eggs, do you have a lead box there?
2: (laughs) Sometimes. Then we go to (laughs) dance studios and stuff. Yeah, right after people eat a, a big meal, they really do think about, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should do some exercise. Lead boxes can be very good, but they're also... Very high maintenance. Once you build a relationship with the business that you want to put it in and you know barter a little bit, they can maybe the manager there comes into your business for a month on you so that they can get a feel for what you do. Um, you should be collecting them every week and seeing the leads that you get, because some places are going to be better than others. So you mm-hmm. have to shift those lead boxes around constantly. Um, I've seen it done right with other locations, and it helps. I don't do it like I should do it. You know, that'd be something that um, is on my improve-myself list for my Mm -hmm. business, Um, because there's value to it. There's definitely value to getting out there.
0: Is there a required amount percentage of your gross sales that you have to use for marketing? We don't
2: have to. It's suggested that a a, a third be used for marketing. and I think depending how close you are or how far away you have been from your uh, break even point, that really depends. But there are times that like with the digital marketing, I haven't seen nearly what I thought that I was putting into it. And it's tricky to me with some of the digital trying to figure out, okay, well, do you put it in Google? Do you put it in another avenue and shifting it around and, you know, who's going to click on what and what's going to make them click through is, is very, that undone.
1: could be a, Spontaneous idea, you might want to find somebody in your community that's a Facebook ad nerd Mm -hmm. and maybe barter a little bit of, hey, you help me with this Facebook that, you know, do a barter for back and forth or something like that. Because I think Facebook ads, the little I have played with it, it was scary good how you could target something. Mm -hmm. Quick sidebar. During COVID, I tried a coffee business. I created a coffee brand because I was bored. (laughs) <laughs> and because I didn't want to learn how to bake or garden. So I wound up learning Facebook ads in about 20 minutes. I could target by county and whether they're interested in coffee. And I could do an age thing and a, political leanings even. And I didn't wind up getting any new examples. I only spent like 20 bucks just to see the process. But I bet somebody who knows more than me and you, and if you can... Again, if it's bartering services, it's not hard cash out and the and the agency is getting, you know, a valuable service in return. So it might be interesting. I would I'd be interested to hear how you did with social media ads because that's a, a that's a whole black box for me.
0: Well, yes. you would need somebody who could that's where you come in with you bring in people that you trust, and you could definitely barter somebody to help you with your social media because that's always changing. Mm-hmm. The technology and how you're supposed to use it. I've experienced that in, in my work as well. Uh, yeah, I can I can understand why not everybody looks, you know, it's, I can't wait to do more marketing uh, for my business because it is constantly changing. You have to figure out where your audience is. And uh, sometimes you even have to do the one thing I don't think any of us on this
1: uh, call like, which is cold calling. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know. I outsourced it literally in the UK and unfortunately my colleague who does it, he ran, we ran out of fuel, you know, we ran Mm -hmm. out of fuel, not only capital, but I really, I think he was running out of energy and just, he, He did hundreds of calls for me in in a month, but we just couldn't get it to pan out. So we have to readapt our, our process uh to accommodate accordingly so
2: and we do have one of the downfalls if you want to think of it that way of a franchise is they have certain people you need to work with so i go through on ideas for our our digital marketing ah um so there are certain things you know certain equipment you can only get at certain places and you're you're really beholden to that within your within your realm i did however make something called sochi so that we have one place that we can place ads that'll hit a whole bunch of different platforms
1: oh so that's we nice we want
2: to do on ideas you could do it on your own if you had that that mindset that works for that type of thing shelby again tries to do some of that for me but it covers facebook twitter linkedin all these different platforms that you can do things on just from this one main site, which I think is really, really cool. I love the idea of it. A technical skill might be beyond my scope. So I love on ideas because they're really very good with going back and forth with me, with targeting certain populations that I'd like to bring into my business.
0: So what is one of the things that your franchisor does to help you the most? What do you find the plus, like the, the best thing about your franchisor does for you, for your business?
2: Oh, we have a fantastic business coach and anytime that I've had a question, whether it be low sales or I don't know, a piece of equipment that seems wonky or really anything, you know, I can call him up and say, Hey, I'm having trouble with this. What are your suggestions? Even when I was having a hard time hiring employees, you know, he would get on. He gave me a list of like 20 different ways that I could get in touch with different people in order to get more employees, because that's a struggle for all the nine round locations. Mm. But I think having that resource and knowing that if I need something, they're there. If I have a question about the marketing blueprint or any of the exercises, or I'm having a really bad month and I'm just freaking out because I'm not seeing many leads come in, they're great with that. They also have a committee made up of nine round owners that have particular regions so that we can all give them suggestions and then they have a meeting and they take it directly to the home office with okay well let's try doing this let's try doing that Um, if you want to be heard in this franchise you will be you definitely will be i think there are a number of people in any franchise that you know they're like they buy into it Um, drink the first kool-aid and then they kind of like (laughs) i don't know anymore and then instead of being part of the solution, they're part of the problem. They're like, oh, why do they do this? And why do they do that? Well, you know, are you, what are you actively doing to communicate with the home office to to try to either change this or understand why they're doing things this way? You know, we pay them good money and we're representing them, uh, so we should do it right.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, really quick. As a part of your franchise fees, you have a business coach available. Correct. And for those out there who have not owned a franchise and want a business coach or somebody on the side, that can be pricey. That can be upwards of 100 to $400 an hour, depending on who you hire. That's a worthwhile investment on owning a franchise. And that's something I don't have since I am not a franchise owner. So I bend the ears of my friends and we that's how we help each other. We're each other's business coaches. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice value on the, on being a franchisee.
2: Yes. They also have monthly webinars lately. They've been focusing on because summer is a slower month. They've been focusing on different ways that we can raise our sales or client retention, or giving us ideas on reaching out to people who used to be members and how to bring them back in. So they really, they, they want to make money just like we want to make money. And the more we make, the more they make. So we might as well have a good team.
0: Right. Well, what's the least you think that they help you with? I mean, there's got to be a partly of a downside. I mean, nothing's perfect.
2: No, I'd say the the downside is when you know extra fees come up. Mm. You know, if they if you're happy with your music platform, but they need a new music platform, which which happened, and you know, I might not be thrilled with the platform that we have now, but they did it because Canada could use it also. They needed to expand, and the one that we were using. They couldn't use for that um, there are reasons why i liked the old one i'm getting used to the new one but the new one's also three times the price mm, so you look at these different fees that come up and again i understand why they're doing it they want to want to grow they want to make things better uh, but for the people who have one franchise and not five of them that they're managing you know The $50 here, the $100 there, it starts adding up every month and you're going, okay, well, the minimum wage for my employees just raised and you're telling me you want me to do this and saying, oh, it's only $50 a month. And then that, which is only a hundred dollars a month. That's a downside. Mm Okay. You Mm -hmm. know, sometimes you do feel like you're chasing your tail. Mm -hmm.
0: Does that come with uh, like equipment restrictions or if you want to have a a different idea than what's on the books? Do they listen to you about that?
2: They do. That's what's part of the committee for the franchisees. When you're on that committee, you talk to each other and you bring it to the home office to voice what all the other franchisees need. Um, With new equipment, for instance, you can't use battle ropes in all the locations. And when they bring in new equipment, you need to make sure that that's going to go with all configurations of all the nine round locations. And some are very long and narrow. If you had battle ropes there, everyone would be tripping over them. Um, They might not be convenient, whether it's that or, say, tire flipping. You guys had mentioned it once before, which I think is really cool. Uh, You have to make sure that you have the the wherewithal in every location to be able to do that. So uh, when they come out with a new piece of equipment, they've done a, a pilot for it in 100 or so locations to see, okay, well, does it look does it work in every location can we just pull it out for the daily workouts can we put it at every round you know what's involved with it so early on i believe when they first started 15 years ago people wrote their own exercises and they could have whatever equipment they wanted that's changed and i think that's actually changed for the better because not everybody uses the best approach they might i mean not everybody's certified personal trainer and they might throw something in that isn't safe. You know, who knows? Um, But if you have, you know, nine rounds saying, okay, this is the equipment we're using, this is how we're doing it, these are the exercises for the day, then there's a certain quality that you're getting, that you're making sure you're providing for your members. Uh, That being said, continuity falls, if you might have a, a franchisee who lets people exercise without shoes on maybe, or lets them use their own gloves, because then they come into my location and they're saying, okay, well, I'm going to work out without shoes. And I'm like, mm, no, you're not. Uh, you know,
1: that's kind of weird. We have
2: weights here and we want to keep the floors clean. And they're like, well, the other nine round, let me do it. And you're like, no, we're not supposed to do that. So it, it can be tough at times having locations that don't follow through because we're, we're supposed to all be in it together and we're supposed to be a team. Okay. Um, and when someone does something that isn't allowed, then we're hurting the brand as a whole. You know if you want to do that then you know maybe you need to go out on your own as opposed to depend on the franchise for all the advertising and all the things that they do do for us
1: yeah it sounds like you have a, ba- a a fine line to balance
2: there is i mean overall it's it's a nice balancing act <laughs>
1: so. oh fair enough no you sound happy at yeah. the end of the day you sound happy and you've been able to educate other people about the good the tough about owning a franchise. This is real deal. This isn't you going to a trade show and having somebody pitch you.
2: Right. You know, would I have loved to be able to go out on my own to people's houses and know that I could be successful. Yes, Uh, I was getting $175 an hour when I was personal training at people's houses. And, you know, I loved it but there's a lot of going back and forth to different places and a lot of people just canceling on you and and even though it was good money the volume that i needed to actually make decent money for clients i couldn't maintain it Um, now people can pay less than 175 dollars for the month they still get basically personal training it's a great you know combination between personal and group training the way we modify and incentivize people I can be in one place, see everybody, take care of them, do what I love, and not be, you know, trying to hustle with people who don't know who Mo is.
1: Okay. Well, you've got all this done. You put your systems in place. What's your exit strategy?
2: I have no idea at this point, really, but it is going to have to be one because at this point, after five more years, my contract will be up. My body probably won't be able to handle the pounding anymore that you get when you're holding pads and demonstrating the, the exercises and everything. So it'll be all about finding someone who wants my business and will take very good care of my members.
1: Very good. Well, we're reaching the end here. So I'd like to thank Cynthia for keeping us on the level and on time today. You're very welcome. And of course, I'd like to thank Mighty Mo, aka Marine Tui, for coming on the show today. I look forward to all the burpees in my future. I'm so
2: glad to hear that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you missed some of the show today, you can listen to the replay on Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time on WVLP 103.1 FM or live stream at www.wvlp.org. And Mark stores the past shows on his website at www.mondocrm.com forward slash podcast. Or you can listen to the podcast on your favorite app at any time. We're listed in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Podbean. Just search for Mark Mondo and the show will come up and you can subscribe to the show for the latest updates. Thank you very much for spending time with us today. We'll see you all next week.